I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Oh, Liz, did you see the Ojai Valley Inn has a special in December? No, we have to go. Girls weekend. Okay, I'm splurging for a fireplace Shangri-La room. (laughs) Me too. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 18 years, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we'll talk about whether it's helpful to have a professional nemesis, or two, or or 20. 20. (laughs) We'll also discuss Sarah's recent obligation vacation and why we need to give ourselves permission to take a break from the things we have to do, but that don't really bring us any joy. And then we have a Hollywood hack straight from my kitchen counter and also from Oprah's favorite things list. Mm. And finally, a listener question, but it's a question from me for our listeners. Mm. But first, we wanted to mention to everyone, we talked about this last week, we wanted to bring it up again, um, that there is a very cool fundraiser event that's happening in L.A. on September 22nd. It's for the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services, and it's going to be a live reading of The Goonies, starring all kinds of amazing women, including Gina Rodriguez, Nicole Byer, Eliza Coop, and Brittany Snow, to name a few of the folks involved. And every single dollar raised goes to the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services. It's going to be an incredibly fun night and very inspiring, I'm sure. Yes. So if you're in L.A., check out the project's Twitter, at The Goonies Live, and the Facebook and Instagram handles are at The Goonies Live 2018. The show's going to be at the Montalban Theater in Hollywood again on Saturday, September 22nd. Very cool. Excellent cause. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches, and today it's having a nemesis. Yeah, I was reading this article about Roxanne Gay and her various nemeses and kind of nemesis Twitter. Um, The article was on Huffington Post. It's called Welcome to Nemesis Twitter, where phantom beefs run wild and free. 
Um, if you don't know Roxane Gay, she's a writer, professor, editor, commentator. She's the author of the New York Times bestselling essay collection, Bad Feminist, the short story collection, Difficult Women, and the memoir, Hunger, which is currently sitting on my bedside mm. table, although I have not read it yet. And Roxane Gay is apparently well known for having several <laughs> nemeses, and she tweets about them. Um, she Like some of her nemesis tweets are, hate my primary nemesis extra today. <laughs> and my nemesis, the one I tweet about, is not a writer. You will never guess. It's literally the stupidest nemesis I could possibly have for the silliest girl reason, but I devote myself passionately to the rivalry nonetheless. <laughs> and she says, my assistant has a nemesis, and now when I see her nemesis tweet, I narrow my eyes and feel a bit of anger. <laughs> um, so I just get a, whole, a kick out of the whole notion of a nemesis and nemesis tweeting. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't nemesis tweet, but we might have to start mm-hmm. because it does seem kind of fun. But we should start by talking about how, like, a nemesis is not an enemy or even a frenemy. Right. Like, an enemy is more serious. Yeah. It's like someone's really done you wrong and you really might wish them ill. Yes, exactly. And but, a frenemy... How a do we... frenemy is a friend who's also an enemy, obviously. <laughs> Um, but I think they're more in your inner circle. Right. Whereas a nemesis is, I think, more of an outer, um, you go outside your circle for your nemesis. Right. Um, but, but the idea of a nemesis, there's a certain lightheartedness to right. the notion. Like, there's kind of a whimsy to it. A dark whimsy, but a whimsy. <laughs> exactly. Now, Liz, we have a nemesis, I yeah. would say. Now, do we think we have the same nemesis? Could we? Yeah, let's write down. I'm thinking of. Okay, we're going to type it like in our phones. Okay, and then show it to each other. Yeah. Okay, right now I'm bringing up my little notes app because we're not going to say it out loud, obviously. I'm just writing it in an email and I'm going to show you. Okay, I'm spelling it wrong because I can't. It autocorrects, but okay, here you go. Oh! We put different people. <laughs> we did, but I agree that's a nemesis. And I 100% agree with you also. I should mention they're both men. Yeah, interesting. We have nemeses. Nemeses. Plural. Oh, both well-deserved nemeses, <laughs> yes. by the way. Um, yeah, I posed this question on Facebook, um, and several people sort of thought of nemeses in the framework of women kind of working against women. Oh, um, interesting. But just given what we just did on our phones. Um, clearly, that's not, it's not gendered. Case. Yeah. Um, now, what do we get from our, I will say, nemeses now that we know it's more than one? <laughs> um, for me, I'm not competitive in general. Mm. Like, I'm someone who didn't do team sports because I would always be like, you know, in a soccer game, like, no, no, you take the ball. Right. Um, so it does provide for me, it kind of goads me to be competitive in a good way that's not natural for me. It does that for me, too. I think I am competitive, like, in the career, not in sports. (laughs) Um, But it definitely lights my fire to think I want these nemeses. um, I don't want them getting ahead of us. Yes. One of them is. The other one, I don't think so, so much. But regardless, Regardless. we got to catch up and beat him at his own game. Um, Now, in a perfect world, and I think this is certainly true for our nemeses, they don't even know that 
they're your nemesis. Definitely it's just in true. your mind. Yeah. It's not like these are people that we actually have issues with. Not at all. No, these are people, if we saw them at a party, we would chat. Yes, yes. <laughs> they don't know. We're like, you know, boiling inside thinking we need to beat them. In some ways, a nemesis is like an aspirational. It's like they are something, have something, embody something, symbolize something that you want. Yeah. In this case, that we want. <laughs> so it's really our own kind of petty jealousy yes. that makes these people our nemeses. Yeah. Um, One thing that's you know. nice, I think, as as a team mm-hmm. is that having a nemesis gives us a common enemy. Ah, we can bond over yes. that. Yes. Yes. Rather than fighting with each other, <laughs> we can um, target our frustration at our common nemesis. At Mr. X. Yes. <laughs> that's funny. Um, now, on the downside... It is a negative focus rather than a positive focus sometimes. I mean, if it's just, I want to be as great as that person is, but often nemesis, nemeses are people who really kind of bug you um, and their success kind of bugs you. Um, So it's like, I wouldn't tell Violet to feel the way about people that we feel about our nemeses. You know, like it's not fundamentally healthy to compare yourself to someone else. You know, to that point, Sarah, I was thinking we should do another episode that's sort of the opposite. It's about, I don't know if I would say a professional crush, like not a romantic crush, but talk about people that we emulate, admire, and who we, you know, sort of in the non-nemesis way aspire to be. We should. Although for me, that was sort of last week when we talked to Channing. I think Channing is my professional crush. Yes. Um, Well, I have another one in mind (laughs) as well that we can talk about in a future episode. Um, Now, do you think that we're anybody's nemesis or, I guess, nemeses since we're two people? Is it weird that I want to say I hope so? I would love to be. It's kind of flattering. It's very flattering. I would be so upset if nobody saw us as a nemesis. I know. If there's anyone out there who <laughs> sees us as their nemesis, will you please let us know? You can do it anonymously. Yes. Um, <laughs> I would feel like we had made it if I know. people saw us as their nemesis. Totally. Or, by the way, their, their you know, mentor or something like that as well. That would be we, great, you know, too. But it would be fun to have someone regard us with jealousy and um, lighthearted jealousy lighthearted yeah (laughs) um now you asked our facebook group if people have nemeses um and to tell us about it we got some great responses we did um sarah in the facebook group wrote i use her as motivation to work harder slash be better and not let opportunities go to waste i'm not working to undercut her or wish her ill will but i get a little jealous when she has an opportunity i want and legitimately could have had. We have similar careers and creative outlets. It's not like I'm a writer and she's a pro scuba diver and I'm mad she plays with giant squids. Hmm. Since I use it for self-improvement, I think it's good to have her. If I found myself actively working against her or wasting time focusing on her versus my own self-improvement, that would be negative. Someone else um, in our Facebook group wrote, When I first saw your post... And thought of Roxanne Gay, my brain went in two directions. First, a terrible female boss I had years ago. Thinking about her behavior toward me and others who came after me still ticks me off, though her behavior did propel me into work that I love far more. Second, I thought about a couple of women writers I harbor terrible envy toward professionally, not personally. 
They serve the purpose of reminding me that my biggest nemesis is me. That's the insight of the show. Yeah. My envy toward these other writers has everything to do with the fact that they are putting their stuff out there all the time, which is exactly what I need to be doing. Well, it's really true that your nemesis points out to you what you should be doing because they're doing something you're not doing. Yes. Obviously, when you look at them, you're seeing kind of the um, shortcomings of yourself. Of yourself. And then you can act on them. Yeah. As we talk about on Happier, when you know yourself better, you can, you know, do what you should be doing. Um, and our nemeses do help us know ourselves better. Yes, they certainly do. Um, I can think of something one of our nemeses did in, how can I discuss this in a way that is oblique enough? Um, so this nemesis does something to promote a show that they're involved with that we just don't do, that we haven't even thought of doing. Yes. And it was a revelation. Yes. So there, I mean, right there, our nemesis is providing us with something to aspire to, to yes. do what he does to promote. Yes, we're going to have to do that now. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> do you have a nemesis? How does having a nemesis serve you or not serve you? Let us know. Send us an email or a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Next up, we'll discuss obligation vacations, but first an ad break. Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Okay, now it's time for Take a Hike, in which we talk about mental, physical, or spiritual health. And today it's mental. Take an obligation vacation. Sarah, I love I loved the phrase obligation vacation. Um, how did you come up with this? Well, I'm afraid I'm going to take a little heat for my personal obligation vacation, but I'll just set the stage. Um, you know, my mom has Alzheimer's. She lives in an assisted living facility near my house, and she has for more than four years. Um, so every weekend for four years, Violet and I go to visit her, um, and it's it's very hard. Mm-hmm. It's not, um, I think especially with a small child. Violet was almost two um, when we started doing this, and she's six now. It's it's just really difficult to kind of go in that environment with a small child who needs to be entertained, yeah. and my mom's sort of capabilities have changed radically over time. Um, so it's like I can't kind of set up a system and then stick with the system. It's right. just like it's, it's just a very challenging thing. Um, so a few weeks ago... I took an obligation vacation. 
I said, you know what? This is something I've been doing for a really long time. I I need a break. I need a break from this. Um, And so for two weekends, I didn't go. They were insanely busy weekends, and I just couldn't figure out how to make it happen. So I just gave myself permission to take an obligation vacation. And my question is, did you manage to do that without guilt? Because I think a key to an obligation vacation is that you not feel guilt because it kind of ruins it if you do. For the most part, I did. It helped that one of the weekends was my birthday. Mm, Um, So I felt like, all right, this is something I can do for myself on my birthday. Um, And the next weekend was just like crazy, crazy busy. Um, So I felt like this, you know, this... I could have been out of town, first of all. Right. Like, we haven't taken summer vacations because we're working so yeah. much. So I sort of decided to treat it as, well, if this were a normal year, I'd be out of town right now. Right. And I just want to say for the record, I don't think anyone's going to give you heat for this. I think everybody understands it's really a difficult thing that you have to deal with week in and week out. And sometimes you need a break from it. I think I don't think anybody is going to question that. Well, thank you. Um, I think it's, you know. It's no fun to think of your mother as an obligation. Right. But, but that's kind of where we are at yeah. this, you know, at this stage of her disease. So um, it really did, though, help me sort of just mentally let go. Yeah. Like to ha- it was such a relief for two weekends to not have to think about it. What's interesting about this um, to me, Sarah, because I was thinking, well, have I taken obligation vacation? You know, what are my yeah. obligations? I was thinking that the only time I really take an obligation vacation is when I'm replacing an obligation with another obligation. Oh. So, for instance, just this week, we had back to school night at school, which is an obligation. I mean, I feel an obligation to go to everything I absolutely can at Jack's school. That's an obligation I love. I mean, I want to be doing that. Um, But nonetheless, it's an obligation. Uh, Most obligations are things we want to be doing. Yeah. But like... We had to work late. I anticipated we were going to have to work late. And I just said to myself, you know what? For this one back to school night, I am just going to say, I don't have to be there. Mm -hmm. I just don't have to be there. And I'm going to just work and I'm not going to be tortured and like all day be going, are we going to get out on time? Are we not going to get out on time? At what point can I still go to the back to school night, but it's not too late to where it's silly to even show up? I just said, if I can't go, I can't go, and I'm not even going to think about it. And I didn't end up going because we ended up working till 930. <laughs> um, so, but it but it wasn't like an obligation vacation because I was just like getting a massage. Right. It's like if I'm doing something else that's an obligation, I let myself do it. If you see what I'm saying. I do. But the, but the really key part is that you decided, you made a clear decision not to feel bad about it. Yes, I did. And I really didn't feel bad about it because it goes also, I will say, veering slightly off topic to the season of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is our season of sacrifice, as we've discussed on the show. Yeah. And certain things have to go. Right. And, and, And this week, it was back to school night. Yes. Although I do question if that falls into the definition of this this very tight definition of obligation vacation we've come up with in the last 30 seconds. Maybe not. Um, because you were replacing an obligation with an obligation. If it's, I think, for an obligation vacation mm. to be really a vacation, it, it should be replaced with 
reading a book, watching a TV show, getting a massage, doing something that kind of relieves the pressure of an obligation? Um, Well, I'm going to think if, you know, I can't think of it now, but I will spend some time pondering if there's an obligation I could take a vacation from (laughs) um, and enjoy myself. Yes. Um, And obviously, going to see my mom isn't just an obligation. It's something that as a daughter, you know, I want to be doing. No, all of these things are things that are in your life for a reason and they're valuable, and that's why you care about them. But they can also, um, you know, be burdensome at times. Right. And there are so many of them. This is just my example. But, like, cleaning your house might be something you need need to take an obligation vacation from. Deciding, like, not to go through the mail for a week could be something you need to take an obligation vacation from. We all have a bazillion small and large obligations in our lives. And if, like, just pick one. Take an obligation vacation from that one thing. Yes. One way that I do sometimes take an obligation vacation is I'll say to Adam, like, I just can't deal with this right now. Can you do it? And that's (laughs) a nice thing about being married is sometimes (laughs) you can just beg someone, please take this off my plate. Yes. One way to take an obligation vacation would be to order a meal service for a week. Yes. Have your food delivered so you don't have to cook just for one week. Yeah. There are many ways to take obligation vacations. Um, I want to know if people out there are taking obligation vacations or do they want to? Um, if so, what would it be? And, you know, how would you accomplish that? So let us know. Um, you can email or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Coming up, we'll share a coffee-making Hollywood hack so great that even Oprah is on board. <laughs> but first, a word from our sponsor. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, Liz, now it's time for this week's Hollywood Hack. It's one of my favorite things ever (laughs) in the history of the world. And again, this is not an ad. It's the Asobu Cold Brew Coffee Maker. And even Oprah uses it. Oh, my God. It's on her favorite things list. Yes. I found it from Oprah's favorite things list. I ordered two of them. (laughs) There might be two on my kitchen counter right this very moment because I always want to have my cold brew brewing. Um, And Mary also got one. Wow. They're phenomenal. 
See, I'm not a cold brew person, so this is lost on me, but I love <laughs> the joy you get from it. Oh, and I also do. the caffeine you get from it, which helps you um, work. Yes. Which um, helps me. It's, explain what it is. Okay. It's this just delightful, delightful machine. Um, it's not even really a machine. Okay. It's contraption. Contraption. There's like a thermos on the bottom, and on the top is a spot to put in the coffee grounds, and then you pour cold water over it, and then you just let it sit for as long as you want. You can let it sit for a day. You can let it sit for two days. And then when your cold brew is sufficiently strong for your personal taste, you just, like, press a button, and the beautifully brewed cold brew coffee drains down into Mm. the thermos, and it comes with a lid for the thermos. So then you just unscrew it and, shoop, put the lid on your thermos, and you have your coffee. And you add ice at that point. Yes, Yes, and it's it makes wonderful coffee, and it's so easy. Now, Sarah, I have to tell our listeners that you're so into this that you <laughs> bought a separate thermos, a large thermos, and you pour, like, multiple cold brew um, doses, I guess, I don't know what to call it, <laughs> portions, into your thermos, and then you bring it to set or wherever we're going, like in a separate bag. And then throughout the day, you pour yourself, you get extra ice and pour yourself fresh cold brewed coffee from your thermos. Yes, but that is not extra. That's the thermos that comes with it. Oh, you're kidding. You detach it, put the lid on and take it with you. Oh, I thought it was like a cup. It's an actual thermos. Yeah. Wow. It's brilliant. I wish I liked cold brew coffee just so (laughs) I I could use this contraption. I would have sold you on it long ago, but you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. Email us or send us a voice memo at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to our producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. And thanks to the awesome ad team at Panoply. Thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins, for helping keep us sane right now. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fane. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fane. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, speaking of your um, free time at 7.20 in the morning, <laughs> how was that Pilates class you did? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so awful. It was the worst. Mary sent me to this place that— What is it, the Mega Reformer? Yeah, Mega Formers. It's uh, never, okay, so never you again. Need, you're still searching. I am. <laughs>